Okay, we're recording. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, <laughs> it is feeling awfully lonely here today with just uh, with just us two. It feels like we're missing at least one other person and at most two people total. Yeah, if, if I can be real, uh-huh. it almost feels like Tim isn't here and it kind of feels like Jordan, Jordan isn't, isn't here, here either. Which is weird because they both are definitely here We're right now. We're sitting right next to them. And they're just being as silent as a mouse. A creature most definitely is not stirring when it comes to Tim and Jordan. It does seem rather strange. Um, so I wanted to talk specifically about something that I think a lot of our listeners were hoping to get our opinion on. And yes, that's right. We want to talk about Lizzo's ass and her weird dress that she wore to the Lakers. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Outside my realm. You are in for the news story of the year. <laughs> um, so Lizzo cut a giant the basketball-shaped hole out of a long black dress that did not previously have a hole in it. She cut it in her there herself, threw on a thong, and went to a Lakers game. So her booty meat was hanging out of her hole in her dress, and people were quite upset with Lizzo for displaying such uh, scantily clad cheeks. And... um I, I guess I wanted to get your take on it, um, how you felt about Lizzo's ass, and more specifically, um, how you feel about ah. cheeks in general. Um, I don't know. I think it's you know, fine. You know, again, Tim and Jordan could not be quieter right now. You guys are seriously, it's disturbingly quiet how quiet you two are at this moment. Um I think uh people uh might just be making perhaps a bigger deal about it cuz she's dare I say an overweight person. Dare you say it? I mean, any uh, someone else more conventionally uh you know what i'm also overweight and i thought about wearing the exact same dress to this podcast recording yeah just letting it all hang yeah i don't know she's not hurting anyone see mind mind your own business that's how i feel about it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it is funny to tell people to mind their own business at a public event (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> where they where they have gone. Hey, hey y'all, mind your own business. If I want to hang, if I want to let this hang, I'm gonna let it hang. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Public space. <laughs> In terms of total skin being revealed, uh-huh. those basketball players are dressing far more scantily than Lizzo is here. You know, for me, it's not an issue of Lizzo's weight or anything like that. For me, it's, um, I wouldn't want to see a vast majority of the population's butt cheeks. 
I mean that go. I mean that's like at least ninety nine point nine percent of the population's butts. I do not want to see. Well, <laughs> you know what? This bit that I said at the beginning went further than I could have ever dreamed. Yeah, are we a it pop had, culture podcast now? About, well, I guess we kind of are. Movies, yeah, shit. we are hundred percent a pop culture podcast. But this was about this Lizzo situation went on for at least well let's say it took me 20 seconds to announce this bit it went for and we've been going for about six minutes in 20 seconds so i would say it's gone about six minutes longer than i originally anticipated oh yeah so anyways um let's not beat around the bush tanner let's get right into this thing on today's episode of cinemastic we're going to talk about that home alone reboot that's happening at disney plus some new casting things have gone down over there jack black everyone's lovable big guy is thinking about hanging it up hanging up the acting chops and going to be a family man we're also going to discuss a couple new release dates for big movies the wonder woman 2 trailer and of course we're going to talk about the Golden Globe nominations. Oh, i got a whole list of them. We'll be talking about a few of them. It's all happening right here, right now. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemax Day. Um... You know, that was a very good point Tim just made. It about really was. The Lizzo thing. It you know, Jordan and Tim made such good points that they evaporated into thin air and are no longer here. The points were too apt and uh, they they the universe collided and collapsed in on them, leaving just you and I here for the, the remainder of this podcast. So, uh, as always I'm your host, Max Leadham. At Max Fozzie, I am uh, I am here again on this microphone with my friend Tanner Rush at Danger Rush, and literally nobody else. Tanner, how are you feeling? Hey, you know it feels. Intimate. I just gestured instead of saying anything. You did. It just doesn't work in uh, radio. You let you let out some sort of word there. Um, the Fonz would consider that a word, but. You made an interesting, uh, a good comment. This is, feels intimate, and uh, it does. It feels, it feels nice and cozy, like we're having a chat by a fire, or by a lit three foot Christmas tree. You know, I'm, I agree. I'm monitoring the uh, the mic levels right mm-hmm. now. There's only two of us, yeah. So this shouldn't be difficult. Yeah. But if this sounds like garbage, you can blame me entirely. And we shall. Um, Tim is out sick, and Jordan is out sick. Uh, both not feeling well. It's that time of the year here in Kansas where things just start uh, going downhill for our immune systems. It's been icky. It has. I'm legitimately sick, uh, and I'm out of sick days. I was... Um, so I have to tough it out. Dill. Dill. Yeah. We'll... You know, we'll time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case Jordan misses this in the editing process, uh, Tanner had to step away for a phone call, and um, you know we're just gonna hang out here for a little bit. We're gonna take a tour through my Instagram, so it looks like all right. There's a Star Wars Rise of Skywalker fan event. Uh, Daisy Ridley looking lovely as always. John Boyega, dope fit. 
Oscar Isaac. What a man. J.J. Yeah, Abrams himself. He's got his classic horn-rimmed glasses on. A nice purple tie. Yeah, Anthony Daniels standing by BB-8 and C-3PO. Oh, uh, just, just refreshed. Um, and we have P.W. Hauser now at the top. Friend of the podcast. Uh, wearing a very festive shirt. A Jelly of Month Club. Uh, that says the gift that keeps on giving, and it's uh, it's, it's a funny shirt. It's a Christmas vacation reference, and uh, yeah, Paul W. Hauser, we're hoping to have on the podcast one day. All right, scrolling down, we have. Um, oh look, he's back. The tour <laughs> of my Instagram is now over. emergency phone call. Everything's okay. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Hey, you know what? I forgot what we were talking about. So let's talk about what did we watch this week. I'll tell you all about it. All right, here we go. Go ahead. I watched Dallas Buyers Club for the first time. Oh. Oscar, many, multiple Oscar award nominated and yep. one film. Um, I was going to say it came out a couple years ago. It came out in 2013. Yeah. It's, that was six years ago. It was a while ago. Almost seven years ago. Yeah. It was, it was a while Which ago. Which is nuts, because I still remember seeing the trailers for it and the whole Oscar campaign. and That was in the midst of the reconnaissance that has since yeah, dropped off, because he has not been in a good movie in a very long time. But yes. Yeah, he's kind of taking a breather. Got to do some fucking weird car commercials, I guess. Get those under your belt before you get too old. <laughs> Secure the bag, Matthew. Secure the bag. Um... Well, let me tell you about it. Matthew McConaughey, I think, far and away, like, uh, the best thing about the movie. Have you seen it? I have seen uh, a clip of it, or I've started to watch it, and then I bailed uh, just because I was, I don't know if I was in the proper, um, just the proper, um, no, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Well, I, I, I well, hold on, just. Just because this is around the AIDS thing, this I just want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with my. It was because of that. I was, I was not. You may not have even been thinking that, but now I just want to let you all know that you weren't thinking it. I, I uh, wasn't in the proper venue, if you will, to watch that. I wanted to be in a more comfortable position where maybe I had a chair and um, a nice drink. I was basically watching it going to bed, and I was like. This seems like it's kind of sad, and uh, I want to be actually emotionally prepared for this when it happens, and um, so uh, that is why I didn't watch it. Still would love to, just haven't gotten back around to it, so continue. So it is a biographical story, Matthew McConaughey, amazing performance, plays a, turns out, pretty heavily, halfway at least, fictionalized version of a man named Ron Woodruff, mm-hmm. who in the 80s was, uh, this is in the middle of the AIDS um, crisis or epidemic where, you know, it was spreading around. No one really knew too well what it was. There were a lot of, I mean, still is, but back then especially, there was a lot of social stigma around it. Um, America was not quite as socially aware, mm-hmm. uh, just, intelligent at the time. Um, you know, this was back when, I don't know why I'm explaining this. I'm sure our audience 
fucking knows, knows about the AIDS this. epidemic. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so I guess to contextualize the movie, it was largely seen as, you know, only uh, homosexual men really got the disease. Mm-hmm. And so uh, McConaughey's character is a, you know, rodeo cowboy macho man uh gets diagnosed with it because he has sex with you know lots of hookers it seems or sex workers to be more no uh on the up and up about it um (laughs) 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 uh so anyways yeah he loses all his friends he he's in denial about him having it um and so he basically he's, he goes through great lengths to get a hold of any kind of drug that might prolong his life. Um, and then what he's able to get from the American hospitals is, ends up actually making him worse. So like he travels across the world to find things to try to help him. And he ends up coming up with this scheme of a buyer's club where basically uh people subscribe to like a mailing list where like they pay for membership this is how he sort of gets around the legal area of selling drugs that were not approved by the FDA so people subscribe to like this mailing list and then he mm-hmm. just sends them the drugs for free um okay and so he tries to make money that way but he's also you know trying to extend his life as much as possible when he was diagnosed he's given i think like 30 days to live and he ends up going on and living for seven more years uh through his own uh can do itness stick to itness never give up till you're through itness never give up till you're through itness <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself the thing is there's a lot of really good performances in it um it's a very interesting story uh, but McConaughey's performance is real good because it makes you not like, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is a very uh, charismatic actor. He's very likable in anything, I think. Mm. Um, he really is. He he has a good, he has a lot of charisma. But he's so good in this movie that he makes you not like him at all. His character is an unrelenting piece of shit. <laughs> like he's, Violently homophobic, uh, incredibly selfish. Uh, you know, it's hard to say whether or not the movie wants you to think that he does the Buyers Club out of altruism or if it's just purely a money-making scheme for him mm-hmm. on the side while he's trying, looking out for himself. Yeah, um, It's hard to say. And from what I've read subsequently... This is what I was doing earlier today. Um, movie takes a lot of artistic liberty with how he's portrayed. I guess he was generally considered to be kind of a, a hothead, mm-hmm. but perhaps not quite as confrontational as the movie makes him out to be. Um, some people who knew him apparently went so far as to say he wasn't homophobic at all and might have even been bisexual Mm. So it seems like the real man might have been a little more nuanced and interesting than how he's portrayed in the movie. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. And another thing I noted, not that... Oh my God, I was just what? about to say something. 
What? <laughs> I was just about to ask if the guy has come out in defense of himself. No, he's dead. Movies. Yeah, he's dead. He died uh, in 1992. From the grave. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I guess people who know him think it, it was not at all... A, like sort of the on paper bullet point like mm-hmm. things he did were accurate but like his personality maybe his personal beliefs were a bit off the mark which is kind of sad because if he did have he was sort of this pioneer in AIDS advocacy and mm-hmm. I think and then it's kind of weird rap. that yeah. the movie would not go the opposite you know instead of just absolutely romanticizing him and making him a saint they kind of make him out to be a complete piece of shit it's just a weird route to take right still a really great performance all the same um jared leto i think also won best supporting actor he that did. year yep. he plays a trans gendered person name i almost tripped over my tongue there named rayon um also a good performance. I don't know if I would say Oscar worthy. I am interested to hear what um like the trans community's take on that actually is cuz it seemed like it was borderline caricature at times. It was also interesting that every character in the movie keeps referring to him as keeps well it's a fictional character. Apparently the character didn't even exist. This is like a composite. Mm-hmm. Like there was no real Rayon. Um, they all refer to Rayon as he instead of female. This is a person transitioning to female. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if that was maybe just kind of showing the times attitude towards, you know, gender and trans people not using the preferred pronouns or if that was like just the filmmaking filmmakers ignorance of it because there's never like a moment where rayon like corrects anyone mm-hmm. which maybe you know not everyone is going to pick that fight necessarily but i don't know that was just something that stuck out to me kind of interesting yeah that is interesting I, I i need to give it a watch it does sound like it's uh it's on netflix oh is it it is well there we have netflix it. added like a lot of good movies recently it seems we were browsing through and it's like where did all this shit come from like I've, it's been nothing but Netflix originals forever, and then I keep seeing more stuff pop up. Yeah, no, he's. I think they're getting. Uh, I don't know, they're getting more rights to a lot of these really good movies. They're trying to be. I mean, they definitely. They're trying to compete compete with. Uh, you know, all these other streaming services. So I think they've been upping their game a little bit. But, um, okay, cool. Well, uh, I watched this week. Uh, I watched uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, um, which is... <laughs> the ultimate in dad cinema. <laughs> which is... which is exa- You know, it's really funny. I didn't see that term uh, until after I had saw it. And what was really funny is during the whole movie, I was like, man, my dad would love this movie <laughs> the entire time. I was like, oh, can't wait to tell my dad about this because he is going to love this That's one. the kind of movie, you know, where your dad's just leaned back and yeah. Saturday morning he's got the newspaper up and just kind of goes... Well, that Ford v. Ferrari movie's <laughs> out. It's the only time he's acknowledged you, like, all week. And he's like, want to go see that? And he wants usually catch a matinee, catch it at, like, yeah. 12 or 1 o'clock. It's either that. Usually, 
For me, it's newspaper newspaper dad was Sunday mornings with the mm. movie suggestion. Newspaper dad in a recliner, cup of coffee, about 10 a.m. Well, there's that Ford versus Ferrari out today if you want to see that. Yeah. And then we usually go see a movie. That's not how my dad talks at all, by the way. <laughs> I'm not suggesting yours was either. No, no, it's not. No, it's it's just very similar in uh very similar in That's just execution. the universal spirit of exactly. dad. Exactly. Wholesome yeah. dad wanting to go out with the family to some movies. Uh but yeah, very much the ultimate dad movie. Uh so it's got um Christian Bale in this, it's got Matt Damon in it. Um and it's got a, a couple other good boys in there as well. But let me tell you this. I I love this movie. It's right up there out of the movies I've seen. It's, I mean, it's it probably doesn't overtake Joker, but it is close. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. The, wow. One of the main reasons I loved it so much was because I don't care about cars. I don't care about racing. There were several moments in that movie where I was like, wanting to stand up and clap because of how great like the racing sequences are they're very intense very mm-hmm. well shot um they make you care about what's going on on screen i honestly wasn't sure if i even wanted to see this movie really just because i didn't care about cars that much and i was like i don't know if this is gonna be my movie um and i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um a couple of things of note uh, matt damon is great in this uh, he is, he plays, uh, uh, Carol Shelby, who is a renowned car designer and former racer. And, uh, Christian Bale plays a character that goes by the name of, um, what was his exact name? I don't want to. Gerald Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Gerald Ford's in this, uh, the second, uh, Christian Bale plays a man named Ken Miles, who is the a, a professional racer as well as auto mechanic. Um, but the movie is so good. It, it's incredibly well paced. Um, they do a really great job of grabbing your attention right from the go and like getting you in, interested in these characters lives and interested in the cars and the, and the racing going on. Um, there's a, a tremendous amount of character development in this thing. Um, and Ken Miles, uh, Christian Bale's character, is just unbelievably likable. Absolutely lovable from beginning to end. He is just, just great. He's funny. He has great dramatic moments. Um, but, you know, it's just nice to see, like, just an overall, all-around, just good person in a movie like this and just and just doing his best in the world. Um and yeah, he he's just great. And him and Matt Damon as character uh, Shelby have a great back and forth. The Carol Shelby and Ken Miles have been friends for a very long time, um, and they have this very much uh, brotherly love for one another. Um, and they have just really uh, Christian Bale, and Matt Damon in general have an outstanding chemistry in this thing. Like you think, like you walk away thinking that Matt Damon and Christian Bale must be best friends with how well they acted. Uh, it was it was excellent um um i'm trying to think of some other things to say i i mean the thing about christian bale in this that you he is just so good he is so 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 good he i actually i would argue that this might be better than his his uh vice performance which i loved him in vice i thought he should have won the oscar by far over rami malek but 
this might be a better performance because Christian has this unbelievable ability to be hiding in plain sight. You're watching the movie. He's just Christian Bale here. There's no extreme weight loss or weight gain going on. It's just him. But in the way he acts with his mannerisms and the way he talks, the way he just moves, you feel like you're watching an entirely different person. He totally disappears in this role, and he's phenomenal. And honestly, like... He he deserves to get every nomination he gets. He is absolutely incredible in this thing. Um, guys, there's great thrills in this. There's great drama. There's really great comedic bits. Um, super, super thrilling racing. Um, and it's just a great story beginning to end. I, I can't wait to see it again. Definitely going to be a day one buy for me when it comes out. It's so rewatchable. Wow. And... Um, yeah, I, I loved every bit of it. Loved every bit of it. Go see Ford vs. Ferrari. Uh, again, I am not a car person at all in any sense of the word and any sense of the phrase, really. And um, and and I still walked away from this going like, man, that was that was awesome, man. I, I drove my Toyota Yaris a little harder after that movie. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Put I pushed little, her. Put a little lead in your pencil. Uh, huh? but that's right. I, I pushed her. Pushed her to her limits, going 45. Really opened her up. I really did. Um, You know, I can't say that I have any personal interest in seeing mm-hmm. that movie, but I am realizing that we're halfway, we're almost halfway through December. Mm-hmm. It's the last month of 2019, last month of the decade. Boy, do I have a lot of movie catching up to do. Oh, yeah. Dude, this this year in general, or my top ten list is going to look like garbage next month when we talk when about we do it. The top ten of the decade. Like I think I I have. Which, by the way, just to let you know, we're doing like. Well, I thought we could maybe do both, but I thought it'd be fun to do. All right, 2010. This was the my favorite movie of 2010. Sure, favorite movie of 2011, and work your way up. I think we that's should be still fun. do. You know, no barriers. Sure, sure. No barriers. Absolutely. Yeah. We we can have multiple lists. The thing is, too, is that... We can have more than one list. You can. You know, that's true. There's no universal binding. My current current top five of 2019, I think, looks respectable enough, but the bottom five, I don't... Those probably... I, I can't publish that list and feel good about myself. There's still too much I haven't seen. I haven't seen Lighthouse... I haven't seen Knives Out yet. Um, Nineteen Seventeen, I don't think has come out yet, but, but that is I apparently really incredible. want to catch that in theaters. People are saying it's insane. I love. I think World War One is so so fascinating, mm-hmm. um, and there's not enough film on it. Uh, so yeah, I'm dying to see that. Of course, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. See how that shakes out. I can't imagine i'll dislike it but yeah we'll see i'm really excited to see knives out too this year has been great for movies there, it's this been, been a little a backloaded really too. Good, yeah i mean it's a lot of them had an awkward in. start but it picked up and yeah is, is it motored through the end of the year yeah totally um okay um actually i want to do this bit right now just because you know just keep it at the top of the podcast i guess uh so we're not going to do a force vision this this week what we're going to do is we're going to wait till next week to release an episode where we're going to cover the latest episodes of the mandalorian and then we're going to have a big uh you know a big 
part on our last thoughts and uh, emotions going into The Rise of Skywalker, which will be premiering next week, uh, December 20th. Uh, obviously, I'll be there Thursday night to see it December 19th. I don't know why they don't just say December 19th I at this point. But... waited too long to buy tickets. Yeah, you won't be able to see it. I'm not getting a good showing Thursday night. I am, however, seeing it 8 a.m. Friday morning. So taking a personal day from work. <laughs> you are okay. My yeah. dad's taking the morning off. We're gonna be in theaters at eight AM Friday. Yep. I took two days off for this. Yeah. I took the nineteenth and the twentieth off. I'm gonna take all the nineteenth to try and watch all the movies, or at least you know, the rest of them. I'm probably trying to knock out some of the That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm gonna stay up like all yeah. Thursday, watch seven, eight, and yeah. then in yeah. the morning go see nine. Yep. Yeah. That sounds Ah. That sounds chef's kiss. Yeah, it's um so so yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. So next week we're gonna do a recap of the new Mandalorian episodes. Then we're gonna do, like I said, that final dive and do Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the final Skywalker saga film, until Disney needs to load his pockets more and revs that baby back up. But um as for now, this might very much be it. So we'll give our final thoughts and motions on the Skywalker saga as a whole. Maybe our favorite moments, things we're looking forward to in the new movie, and just kind of go from there. So, um, so yeah, no Force Vision this week. Like I said, we might do a review this week, but we're not. We're gonna we're gonna wait till next week and put out a big uh, Force Vision episode. It might be our only podcast coming out next week, just because I think we should maybe focus on Star Wars and put sure. out a big Force Vision rather than cinematic. So, unless some big movie news happens between now and then, that might be the plan. Um, yeah. so yeah. Keep an eye out for that next week. Uh, should be a fun episode. Very much looking forward to The Rise of Skywalker. It's been a long wait, and uh, we're finally here. So, um, Okay, moving on then. Uh, Home Alone is getting rebooted at Disney. I know Tanner has been eagerly awaiting this franchise to get a new iteration. He wasn't the biggest fan of Home Alone 5 and on. He did like Home Alone 3 stuck in the house or whatever the subtitle was of that he is particularly partic- particularly I can, I can never say that word particularly particularly can't say it still i might have said it weird too he is fond of the scene in home alone 3 where the gerbil uh crawls into the burglar's pants and the other burglar swings a sledgehammer at his nuts is that french stewart I don't know who that is. You don't know who French Stewart is? No. Google it. I think they're still playing, and aren't they all still playing the same characters? It's the dumbest thing. Like, the kid's still Kevin McAllister. He looks nothing like Kevin McAllister. From what I read... Let me find out. I'm going to find out if this is as dumb as I think it is. Is that it's only being labeled... Okay, no, it's not. ...as a Home Alone reboot because I guess it involves, like, a kid versus adults... But the overall premise is very different in that I don't know if the movie will be titled or stylized as a Home Alone kind of franchise film. Man, Home Alone Taking Back the House, otherwise known as Home Alone 4, just from the cover art, and I probably don't need to say this, looks absolutely horrifically bad. What the fuck is Home Alone The Holiday Heist? I've only seen what the bullshit f- is this. I've only seen the first one, I gotta say, but I remember the trailer for Home Alone 3 was in front of a couple, I believe, Disney home release films I had. K 
Can we stop? So I saw it a lot. Why do they have him do this stupid screaming face every single time? Because he, because Kevin, because Kevin does it in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's like the first one. Remember the first one? Yeah, I do remember the first one. God, show me French. Did Stewart's you ever play the? Did you ever play the Home Alone video game for the Super Nintendo, where you had to jump over the giant rats in the basement? No. French Stewart was in Home Alone 4, not Home Alone 3. He was also Inspector Gadget in Inspector Gadget 2. He took over Matthew Broderick. This is what I think, actually. So if we go, I think the kid changes, but I believe the villains are still Mo. Are they not? I don't fucking know, dude. Yes, it's Marv. They're still the same burglars. It's Marv, and I don't know if Mo is still in it, but uh, or whatever his name is. I can't remember the other burglar's name. Anyways, Home Alone reboot has been announced. Um, Archie Yates, Ellie Kemper, and Rob Delaney will star in Disney Plus's Home Alone reboot. Sources add Kemper is still in negotiations, and a deal has not closed yet. Dan Mazur is on board to direct the film in the script by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel, otherwise known as the writers of SNL. Sources say Yates will not be playing the iconic Kevin McAllister, but a new character in a similar premise to the original franchise. In the original 1990 film, Kevin, played by Macaulay Culkin, is... Okay, we don't need to go over this. This, We know what Home Alone is. So, yeah, they got a good list of actors. I think Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney uh, are both funny people. I bet they would have good chemistry. I imagine they're playing Um, mom and dad. And uh, is Archie Yates, is that the main character of Jojo Rabbit? He is the main character's best friend. (coughs) He's not in the movie a lot, but every bit of dialogue he has is amazing. He's totally the... Funny guy. The breakout from that movie by far. Uh, He's like, fuck, the actor uh, Nick Frost... Mm-hmm. You know, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like if they somehow turned him into a nine-year-old, that is this kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, that, that just the thought of that makes me laugh. Yeah. So I really need to see this. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know what, what else you can do with the Home Alone franchise. Like what can be that that's new and refreshing. I mean, I guess you get new technology and stuff like that. He actually kills the adults. <laughs> it, it takes a hard R. And hard R home alone home alone marv hangs dong it's you know and then the kid shoots it off it shoots it off with a bb gun except it's not a bb gun it's time. a real it's gun a real gun he shoots his dick off and and marv fucking dies <laughs> <laughs> and the other burglar is then trapped in the house with kevin it's literally a reversal of roles. He's running from Kevin, and Kevin is hunting him down. Oh, shit. It's ridiculous. Now, this is a movie I want to see. You know Mikey Day, though? You know who Mikey Day is? Nope. Did you ever see the David Blaine Street magic? Yeah. yeah. That is, Mikey Day is one of those guys. He's one of the dudes in the couple of dudes there. He's like, huh. like cheez-its. You know that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, in a bunch of different, yeah. quote-unquote, viral, old-school YouTube movies back yeah. in the day. Um, and then, it I don't know, I guess he's taken 12 years, and finally he's on SNL as a writer. So I like Mikey Day. I think he's hilarious, and his YouTube content used to make me crack up when I was in middle school. And I'm sure my sense of humor has not progressed further than that. So I'm all for A Home Alone written by Mikey Day. Moving on. Jack Black says he is retiring. Jumanji, the next level, may be his last film. Jack Black has opened up 
about his early retirement plan, saying he originally earmarked Jumanji the next level to be his final film. In an interview with Balance, Black revealed that his part as Professor Shelley Oberon in the Jumanji reboot sequel may be one of the last roles of his acting career, as he has just pegged it as his final swan song for quite a while. Maybe one more movie, Black told the outlet. I'm kind of enjoying the idea of early retirement. I've been saying for a long time that this is the last movie. We'll see. I can't really say what my next thing is because it's too early. It's a jinxer. I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve, but not too many. I'm looking to wrap it up pretty soon, right off into the sunset. So Jack Black announces this might be his last movie and then proceeds to give a statement that indicates everything but that this is going to be his last movie. Um, He also says, you know, if Quentin Tarantino came knocking, he would come acting that right away. You know, Jack Black has kids. He has like three kids. And he's been a busy guy acting and, and being with Tenacious D for a very long time. And Jack has plenty of money to last him a lifetime. So I think, uh, you know, Jack, do whatever you want to do, man. You know, uh, your family needs it. Your family needs it. Uh, you still got Jablinski Games, which uh, is going to be all the Jack Black content we could ever need. Um I don't know, Tanner. He's an icon of the of the. Uh, uh, he's an icon of the two thousands, um, early. I mean, late nineties sure. even. Um, comedic icon. Uh, his great range as an actor. He's shown that in a few uh, different uh, dramatic roles. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I would miss Jack Black movies. But also, Jack Black is one of those guys where you just know he's around and it makes you happy. You don't necessarily need to see him in movies. I think he's great in Jumanji. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, you know. It's weird to me that he, well, so I just looked on IMDb. Apparently he has 154 acting credits. He's uh, a lot been of a busy boy. Awesome voice work. Yeah. Which not saying, suggesting that's less yeah. Yeah. work than acting, normal acting. Um, But it still seems weird to me that he's calling it quits because, I mean, you know, there was around the early 2000s when Jack Black was everywhere. Yep. It seemed like he kind of like disappeared for a number of years. Like he'd show up in like cameos or really yeah. small roles or maybe an indie film like here and there. It really wasn't until like maybe like the first Jumanji that he started showing up like mm-hmm. as a lead in things again. Yeah. Uh there was Goosebumps, uh yeah. the house with I like that movie. The, the clock, the clock wall, house the clock walls. Cock and its walls. The house with the <laughs> Cockball, uh, Max. That's the one. Uh, Tim said that, not Tanner. Oh, Tim's here now. Um, Tim with his old blue humor. Tim. That's old Timmy. Um, it's just weird. It feels like we just got him back, and now he's disappearing. Uh, he has done it again. That man is a ghost. He comes and goes. I just don't know. He's like but, Batman. You no, know good for him. He was actually in the area back in the summer. I think Tenacious D was at Starlight. Mm-hmm. It's gonna go see it. Uh, Forgot to buy tickets. Yep, as you do. Forgot the show is even happening, so I didn't go see it. But I kind of wish I got to see Jack Black. Me too. I'm sure Jack is going to keep touring. You know, he said in his quote that he's like, you know, if I can find a more 9-to-5 gig that keeps me in town, then... Uh, you know, that I can be with my family a lot. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a busy guy. He's literally just completed, like, two, within the past year, tours of Tenacious D, uh, you know, did a whole bunch of different content for that. Uh, did a bunch of films. Has a YouTube channel. I mean, he's a busy guy. So uh, I could see why Jack would probably want to straight straight towards uh, you know being more of a family man right now. 
Uh, it's not like it's the last time we've seen Jack Black. I highly, you don't just retire as an actor. That's that that doesn't exist. You don't just retire. Right. You can because it's you just come out when you want to come back out and you're good to go because no one's gonna turn down Jack Black being in their you know movie that fits for him. So. Just like in twenty years from now, um, Judd Apatow will come out with uh, the last sort of swan song of the uh-huh. the boner comedy and it'll yeah. be a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. Um and Jack Black will come out of retirement for a Joe Pesci style yeah uh return. Yeah I could see that happening. Um yeah. I don't think Jack Black's done at all. But I, I, I could see his film slates slowing down. Speaking of Joe Pesci, he released an album literally just like a week ago. Huh. You also know Joe Pesci has a rap a legitimate rap song. He raps, or it's a rap yes. song about Joe Pesci. No, it's it's a rap song. Well, it's a legitimate rap song, and he's pretty much rapping about himself. Yes. Have you heard Jeremy Renner's music? You've told me about this before. I listened to one song, and I was like, "This sounds like pretty good generic rock music." So that's not good at all. No, it's bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not very good. He's an interesting guy. He is. He simultaneously looks five years old and 56. Yes, he's an old man baby face. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. And, and then and then he has really like punk rock hair. So it's very it's a yeah. very strange just all around. And like I guess there was some app he had where you could like pay money to get like exclusive photos of him or something. It doesn't exist anymore. You know, the saddest part is someone probably did pay for that. Probably, but... The biggest Jeremy Renner fan ever was like, I gotta gotta get this. It doesn't exist anymore. I would have never... Yeah, I think it got taken down or something. I would have never pegged Jeremy Renner as, like, having a big ego. Because I don't know how he would have got it, but apparently he has one. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways... I Joe like- Pesci has a new album out. <laughs> <laughs> and you should go listen to it on all streaming services. It's called Joe Pesci Still Singing. Um, yeah. Um, I, all right, next, uh, Escape from Praetoria trailer. Tanner, did you watch that? I just did like five minutes before you got here while I was eating. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't hear all the dialogue over okay. the sound of me crunching. That's okay. But guess um, what? It wasn't a great looking trailer. I'll let you talk about it because um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> Why is it on the list? <laughs> I planned to watch it and uh, just didn't get the time. You know, so, I'm crunch for time. Can't spare three minutes to watch these things. Uh, from what podcaster. I from what I gathered, because the trailer didn't make a lot of sense to me. Again, I was eating during it, so maybe I just missed some crucial uh, context via dialogue that I couldn't hear, but. I guess it's set in apartheid South Africa. Daniel Radcliffe's character is perhaps some kind of activist um, who him and a buddy get imprisoned and then it's them trying to escape. Oh, is this like Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger? I think it's exactly like that movie. But with just smaller people. With smaller men. Less muscly. Less muscly, but more um, kissable. You know what's really funny? Um, 
this might be something you didn't even realize was happening. They kiss their way out of prison. I'm okay with that. Um, they have made three Escape Plan movies. Yeah, yeah. It's Escape Plan one, two, Escape and three. Escape Plan two, Hades, which was made five years later, with Dave Bautista. And Escape Plan, The Extractors, which again was also made with Dave Bautista, but this time they added to the cast Bruce Willis. 50 Cent. Uh-huh. This seems like a very Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> yeah. But no, where Bruce Willis would have been, they subbed in 50. Well, 50. Um, the funniest thing about these Escape Plan movies is I believe I heard Dave Bautista like making fun of a certain type of type of movie, saying like I I enjoy real scripts or something like that. And I'm like, why the fuck are you in Escape Plan three then, Dave? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You know, I love how so like The Rock is way overexposed. Yeah, but Reddit was on its little bit a while ago talking about how like you know actually I think Dave Bautista is the better actor. No, he's not. No, he's not. He might try harder. He might have try more variety of roles. He's tried a more variety of roles. He's not, not. He's great as tracks, but yeah. he's he's got a ways to go. I'm not ruling him out. He seems like a cool guy. No disrespect yeah. to Batista, but uh, and I just like I don't. You know, what I was actually thinking of a rock first, like dr- like real dramatic movie. You know, what I was thinking, yeah. Uh, I, was I th- think he was throwing shade at the rock too. Oh, he probably that was. Time. Yeah, 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 he probably was. Um, something I was thinking of. <laughs> I was like, you know, it'd be a really good, like drama with the rock. So Samoans have a big football culture. There's a lot of big Samoan. Uh, there a lot of Samoans actually. You know, a lot objectively speaking, make it to the NFL. Actually, yes, a lot like per per like uh in terms of percentage of population out of Samoans that make it to the NFL, it's very it's it's very high compared to other populations. And uh Rock has like some of that Polynesian culture. The Rock played did you talk he played what college football. Yep, in yeah. Miami. Yeah. And I was thinking you know it'd be a good like dramatic rock solo movie, like him teaching like Batista, <laughs> how to play football? <laughs> Teaching a forty-five-year-old Dave Bautista how to play football, just to live that dream. No, I was thinking he takes a bunch of ragtag group of people to get in, and from that are Samoan and like you know who've come from difficult, who've come from difficult backgrounds, and he teaches them how to play football against all odds. And I was like, oh fuck, so that's this a gridiron like... gang, <laughs> and he's already starred in that movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's literally played in a movie that's the exact same thing as that. It's called Gridiron Gang, and he takes literal, I believe, convicts. Or people who have who are in juvie and teaches them how to play football, like gets them to come together as a team. It's it's the exact same concept I was thinking in my head. Oh. He's already played it. Uh. Well, yeah. All right. Um, can't all be original ideas. You can't. Uh, moving right along, the Flash, Tanner, the Flash, the DC, it's actually, Speedy happening. Boy himself 
has finally landed a release date. Warner Bros. has dated its DC Comics solo The Flash movie for the summer of 2022 and will be released on July 1st. The studio announced on Wednesday. Holiday weekend's big. Um, that's a big blockbuster holiday weekend, man. They must be, they're betting a lot on this. Um, Ezra Miller will, repri- will reprise his role as the Scarlet Speedster. Created in 1956, DC Comics, The Flash, whose secret identity is Barry Allen, is a hero with power of super speed that allows him incredible abilities, including time travel. The character was a part of Zack Snyder's Justice League and debuted in 2016's Batman Superman, Dawn of Justice. Ezra Miller states, Nothing is ever certain in this world, but certain as it gets... Wait, hold on. Nothing is ever certain in this world, but as certain as things get, we're making a fucking crazy dope Flash movie, Miller said in an interview with Playboy. Miller called starring in the standalone movie, quote-unquote, one of my greatest life dreams. Anyone who knows Barry Allen knows he may arrive late, very late, but once he gets there, it's all solved. We have to trust, Miller said. It director Andy Muschietti is in talks to direct The Flash, an individual uh, knowledge... Yeah, uh, I believe he's already signed on. Um, Maybe that's not official. Maybe that's just heavily rumored, but I believe he's already... Andy Muschietti is already talking about, like, making The Flash movie. So if he isn't signed on, it's just formalities, just ironing out the details. But those formalities have also led to, like, 18 directors drop out of The Flash movie in, like, the past five years. So, um, because there's been... uh, uh, Phil and Chris Miller, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Right, right. Uh, there's been Rick Fukuyama, um, who directed Dope. Uh, there's been um, uh, who's the guy who wrote Back to the Future? Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Yes. Robert Zemeckis was on board and he dropped out. You know, it's been a constant changing of people who are saying they're going to direct who don't. But it looks like we have one uh, with Andy Muschietti, who directed the It one and two movies. So, uh, and he made those movies feel awesome. I, I love. I liked both those movies. Say what you want about the second one, but I thought he did a great job. So, any thoughts on the Flash movie? There's. It's too early. It's for li- literally two years away. Two and a half years away. Yeah, I. I guess it'd be one and a half years away. I gotta say uh, again, as we've established i'm more more of a marvel man than a dc fellow yeah i don't know Marvel man and a dc fellow i don't know all the characters quite so much but i don't think i like ezra miller's take on barry allen 100 percent agree i don't like his take on it i don't know why wb is obsessed with ezra miller he's he's a younger guy he's supposed to be kind of a younger dude right a little more uh barry allen mouthy maybe yeah um more upbeat kind of guy but instead they ezra miller plays him like a neurotic uh socially incapable millennial yeah i don't um and he looks nothing like barry allen and that's like not that's fine but i don't yeah you don't necessarily need to be comic book accurate in every single way uh, but i will say he reminds me of not very Allen at all, but like he is one of the furthest away from like reminding me of a certain character. Um, I, yeah, I guess his take with the Snyder thing was he's not a hero yet. Yeah. I guess he's learning how to become one. So, I mean, that was really the one part of justice league that I kind of liked is when, um, they're first encountering the, uh, 
parademons. Yes. And Barry Allen, Flash is all freaking out. He's like, I don't know what to do. And Batman's like, just save one person. Yeah. And then like. That was good. Go from That was a good little moment good between bit. the two. That was a good bit. Because Batman actually felt like Batman there. Yeah. Instead of was like, oh, just shoot him in the face. Fucking <laughs> 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 kill him. Don't run. Just get a fucking gun and start shooting things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm not convinced on Ezra Miller. He also runs like an idiot. As, as the even an actor, I don't care for him that much as an actor. I thought he—I I mean, I think he's pretty good in the Fantastic Beast movies. He was better in the first one than he was in the second. Didn't he die in the first one? No. Uh, spoiler. I he guess. blows up. No, he turns into a. He blows up. No, he turns into a... He, he explodes. No, no, no. He turns into a ball of darkness, which is like some form of dark magic, and, and he can take human form. And I can't remember what it's called, but he does that. But he's I thought alive. the whole thing of the first one was they were trying to stop him from blowing up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> You know, I've seen these movies literally one time each because I don't care for him. So. He does run weird in the like okay, too much back, weird right? hand <laughs> hand movement, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? He does yeah. like a wavy oh, hand thing. He went and he's like, "Oh, this is how he looks when he runs in the comics." I'm like, "Yeah, but in the comics they aren't trying to portray him running like an idiot. That's just how they draw him." And like you're trying to mimic the comics the screen and it was annoying me that Zack Snyder didn't have the directorial the directorial ability, same as Joss Whedon and be like, "Hey, man, listen, I I like what you're what you're thinking here but let's just run normal because you run like an idiot you're flinging your arms out and you're running like an ice skater and you you like you look stupid it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen and no one said that to him he's just like oh i'm doing comic book accurate running and i'm like this is this taking comic book accuracy that would too be far, amazing if they did his speed effect like they just had him ice skate in front of a green that's screen and like. used as his like running in that's the what film it looks like i you know also to second thought i wasn't that big of a fan of the flash ezra miller's flash i'm a huge fan of the flash in general but ezra miller's flash i wasn't there was one part that did sell me a little bit on it like his uh, charisma with henry cavill there at the end where they agree to race each other which is just a big comic book movie that was a big bit for me i loved that superman and him agreeing to race yeah. each other i thought that was awesome and it was very bright and colorful and it just looked like a great like it just looked like it's very much dc to me and uh so i was i, I really like that the bit. flash is faster though yeah right in, in every way yeah okay yeah, there's a great there's a great comic book uh, bit there where like Superman is racing him and he's like talking about like, you know, we've raced a bunch of times each time, you know, uh, we were like within a hair or like tying or something like that. And he's like, what? And Superman's like, what makes you think you're going to beat me better? He's, you know, cheesy comic book shit. And the Flash goes, uh, one thing, Clark, those were all for charity uh, those are all for charity or for events. This time it's not. And then he just kicks it in, and he literally just soars past him like by way of way. I was more. about to say he can run so fast he can go back in time. Yeah, yeah no, like, he's much faster than Superman. There's no doubt. Superman can fly fast enough to go back in time. Apparently, too. One one of the movies. Superman. Yeah, but... Superman. Um, but yeah. Uh, so all right, eh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's so far away, guys. So. Um. No. Uh, yep. Uh, no, please. No, you go. Okay. Um. 
<laughs> Marvel TV is officially to sh- uh, announced to shut down. Uh, current series folded into Marvel Studios. Uh, so Deadline reports, Marvel Television, as we've known it is the past decade, will be no more. With the slate dwindling over the past year in its head, Jeff Loeb set to depart. The television-focused Marvel division will be phased out. The Marvel TV projects that are currently in production will continue, but any further development is being scrapped. As a result, a significant portion of the unit's staff are being laid off, sources said. The executives impacted are said to be, I don't care about the executives, Marvel TV says it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Marvel TV is becoming one with Marvel Studios. I think anyone who's watched any Disney Plus news at all in the past two months probably would have seen this coming from a mile away. They've announced a whole bunch of new Marvel shows that will impact the Marvel Universe as we know it um, in the movies. So it only makes sense that they're going to shut down all the Marvel stuff that won't impact the movies and uh, bring it all under one house. Um, Tanner, any thoughts on this, man? I really don't... You know, I loved a lot of the Marvel content that was on Netflix. I never finished Punisher Season 1. Never watched Punisher Season 2. Never watched Luke Cage Season 2. Never finished Jessica Jones Season 3. There um, was a third Jessica Jones season? There was, there was the last... It was it was in production when everything was getting canceled, so they let it finish up, and it was the last... Oh, last I never one. even watched Season 2. But I'll say this. I loved Daredevil Season 1 through 3. I loved Jessica Jones Season 1 and 2. Um, I loved Luke... And I loved a little much. I liked Luke Cage season one. Yeah. Um, and Punisher for what I was watching, it seemed good, but I didn't, I didn't really get into it that much. I was kind of burnt out on the Marvel Netflix shows by then. Um, so those were scrapped a long time ago and it seems like Disney and Marvel studios is kind of wanting to just forget those ever happened or never bring any of those characters into the fold, uh, at least with the actors. I would love to see Charlie Cox back as Daredevil. That's oh, of so course. Good. That is the one thing. Charlie Cox is He's fantastic. Matt Murdock is wonderful. Fantastic. Wonderful casting. And it's a great show. The show is so good. I, I really hope they bring, if they bring anything back, I hope they bring that back. Oh, yeah. Dude, they made an Iron Fist, and they did Defenders, too. There's like 18 Netflix shows. Yeah. Iron Fist, I didn't really care for. I watched season one. I, I watched was... a couple episodes. Everyone was making out to be horrible. I'm like, this seems fine. I'm just yeah. not interested. I'm not, I just don't care. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah, I watched the first season of Luke Cage. Enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Liked it more than Jessica Jones, honestly. Yeah, a lot, yeah, of, a lot people, of people weren't that, weren't that hot on Jessica Jones. Well, but season it one seemed like it was, was great. next to Daredevil, the most popular one. No. I Jessica Jones just didn't. I like the character, but it's like whoever was writing and directing that show, I think consistently forgot she was a superhero or had powers and had to be reminded mm-hmm. because she doesn't like do shit the whole season yeah and like all the action was incredibly poorly done like when they have um david Tennant's character i can't remember his name david Tennant. um oh man what is his character's name it is i don't i don't want to look it up anyways there's a point like halfway through the season where they have him like unconscious and captured, but then some like thugs with like tasers come to like fight Jessica Jones and crew and like Kilgrave. But that fight, like she just she just shoves people yeah. like 
a little hard. She yeah. just shoves people a little hard. Yeah. It's like she should be decking people and like sending them flying down the alleyway. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. why is this so lame? Yeah, I just love the like the detective aspect of it. Man, those short those shows were really incredibly violent too. Like they they really went for it on that. Like you there was know, that, remember that one scene in Jessica Jones where like Kilgrave broke into that dude's house and like made him blend up his own hand in a blender and stuff. It was very violent. Yeah, he'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, no, I really could care less. Honestly, I'm sure there's people out there. Bring back could, Daredevil, but. Yeah. I mean, this also goes for like things like Cloak and Dagger, The Runaways, um, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. I don't care about any of that, so I, I have nothing to say. But yeah, bring back Daredevil. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, keeping a comic book here. Uh, the Wonder Woman two trailer dropped at uh whatever that film thing was, CCXP or whatever. Uh, uh, basically, like the Comic Con of Brazil. Yeah. It was a big deal, and uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Brazil's actually a very big film market, I realize. They, they oh, make really? a lot of money there, um, uh, which is why they probably, like, the Fast and Furious movies make a ton it's, of movies in Brazil. It's becoming a bigger a thing. Money. More studios are, like, doing trailer reveals at yeah. CCXP. Yeah. And they're planning on doing that next year, too, with, like, the Batman, because apparently the Batman's going to be there next year. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, they dropped this Wonder Woman 2 trailer. I thought it looked great. There, it yeah. just looks bright, colorful, great characters. I can't wait. I, I, I think it looks awesome. I was a little skeptical. I felt when they first announced it that I think a lot of people thought like maybe the second one would be like during like World War II mm-hmm. or more further back. Yeah. But the jump to the 80s seemed a bit far and then just. I'm kind of over the whole 80s kick. Yeah. Everything is on right now. I did not, I was not born in the 80s, did not spend any time in the 80s. I don't give a shit about the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I don't get why everyone is doing 80s stuff still. That being said, the trailer uh, was great. It the, awesome. the soundtrack's banging. Um, she's the swinging on looks lightning. Good. She is swinging on lightning. They do such a good job. That was so cool. Uh, Patty Jenkins, which is making Wonder Woman feel very like kinetic. The yeah. way she just swings and mm-hmm. slides around during yeah. a fight, and um, definitely feels like she's got you know mm-hmm. a lot of weight and strength behind her movements. Shots of Themyscira as well in this yeah. trailer, which I was actually surprised to see. I didn't think we would actually get Themyscira in this one. I thought maybe like quick flashback, but it looks like the significant parts might be going on there. Yeah. Um, Maxwell Lord is played by Pedro Pascal. I who's have no idea who that is. Neither Apparently, do I. He appears to be a bad guy. I am. Um, I know a bunch of people are excited about it on DC boards. They love him as a character in the comics. So hopefully they are able to make that. Uh, Transition to film very well with him. Pedro Pascal is great. So Chris Pine is apparently back, and as apparently back as Steve, Steve Trevor, Trevor yeah, is now, alive yeah. again somehow. By so they're doing a God. little, they're doing a cute little reverse on the whole fish out of water thing. Yeah, yeah. Because in the first movie, she's like, "What is everything?" Yeah, and he's, like, he's having to explain it to her, and now like he's thinking, suddenly alive again, forty years yeah. in the future, or six, however long. Yeah, um, thinks the trash can is art. Yeah. 
looks like it's going to be, I mean, that was one of the best things about Wonder Woman was Chris Pine and uh, Gal Gadot's chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, well, welcomed return. And it, yeah, I'm glad they're doing like, you know, it's, I think it was easy to say like, this is going to be Steve Trevor's grandson or something like that. Obviously, that's not the case. I'm not going to Captain America. <laughs> they might. You never know. And have they, her like make out with his I was thinking like grand you know, nephew or something. I was thinking like maybe when he was flying that plane up to get it exploded or something like that, he got caught in like a, you know, some sort of mythical time slip since there was like a bunch of mythical shit going on. And he just, I don't know, gets brought back in the maybe. 80s conveniently. Um, well, I guess Wonder Woman would be alive at any point in time. So I guess it's not I really that convenient. I hope the movie doesn't <laughs> end with like a shoddy CGI Dragon Ball Z fight. Like the first one did, which is so weird. Like the first one's good, but then like whenever I tell people about it, it's like it's good. The ending kind of sucks. I wasn't. I was okay with the ending, but I understand. Like it does, it does lose a little bit of its steam there. Yeah. Um, even though I thought the interaction between Steve Trevor and Diana there, when Tra- Steve is about to make his sacrifice to save yeah. those people, I thought that was good. But yeah, you could say. I mean, say what you will about the fight scene. I mean, that's. That's totally, you know, that's totally like, hey, hope, you either liked it or you didn't. Um, so I hope uh, they employ a little less of the whole speed ramping mm-hmm. thing. I think the first one had way too much. I have to believe that was Zack Snyder's influence. I don't think he's quite as involved in the DC yeah. um, movie realm these days, if at all. Yeah. Um, no, no real loss there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> granted, the reason why he had the bow of Justice League was due to losing a loved one, which is very sad. It was very sad. Um, which you know, now I'm like, it sounds like WB forced him out and used perhaps. that as an excuse because not 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 to say it was not in a bad way. Like Zach wanted to continue working and keep working through what he was going through. And WB wanted to use a tragedy as an excuse to fire him. And I think that was um, pretty bad. Maybe. Um, Cause I remember reading his statement about it. Yeah. Where he was saying like, he thought he could work through the grief, but feels like he really can't anymore. All the same. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 jumped pretty high up my most anticipated of 2020 list um i mean it's gonna be a comic book movie but all the same looks like a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it yep looks good can't stop me um moving on real quick we're gonna go over the golden globe nominations i just wanted to go over the movie once and we'll talk about them at a further date but uh the nominations are for best motion picture drama 1917 which isn't even out yet so that's good cheaters yeah i know what the fuck? Filth. Um, so that's good signs. Um, the Irishman on Netflix, obviously. Joker, Marriage Story, also on Netflix. Two Netflix originals up for Best Motion Picture Drama. And The Two Popes, Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. Dolomite is my name. Another Netflix original. Man, Netflix is killing it. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. Um, best Performance by a Dramatic Actor, Christian Bale, Ford vs. Ferrari, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, The Two Popes, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture picture Drama. Mocha Picture. Mocha Picture. Cynthia Erivo, Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, 
Suarez, can't ever pronounce her name right. Cersei Ronan, Sersha, Sersha Ronan, Little Woman, Charlize <laughs> Theron, Bombshell, Renee Zellweger, Judy, Best Performance by an Actor in a Musical or Comedy, Daniel Craig, Knives Out, Roman Griffin Davis, Jojo Rabbit, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Egerton, Rocket Man, Eddie Murphy, Dolomite is My Name, Best Performance by an Actress in a Comedy, Aquafina, The Farewell, Kate Blanchett, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, that rhymes, Anna, Anna de Armas, <laughs> Knives Out, Beanie Feldstein, Booksmart, uh, Jonah, that's Jonah Hill's sister, mm-hmm. uh, Emma Thompson, Late Night, and a Best Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Two Popes, Al Pacino, The Irishman, Joe Pesci, The Irishman, good to see him get nominated again, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture, Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell, Annette Benning, The Report, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers, Margot Robbie, Bombshell. I noticed that they don't do a Best Supporting Actor in Comedy or uh, Drama. They just do one category for Best Supporting Actor, I guess. Yeah. Um, best Director, Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. Sam Mendes, 1917, Todd Phillips, Joker, Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I guess I'll just end it there. Oh, I will say Best Motion Picture Animated, Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Missing Link, Toy Story 4, and Lion King. Um, (laughs) I I wonder wonder if Disney might win an award there. Right. You know, the thing that annoys me the most is that Claws isn't on here, and Claws is not a sequel. It is an original story, and it certainly isn't a recreation. Um, other than Missing Link, that is Claws is the only other one that would fit that category, you know, which is annoying to God, me. Lion which King. How to Train Your Dragon is a great series, but like you know, all all these movies are probably good. I didn't really care for the new Lion King. The Lion King shouldn't even be considered animated. Like, yeah, technically it is. It is one hundred percent animated. It's more but... like. It's more like a simulated right. animal experience rather than it's like, like when you think game. of animation, there's style, yeah. there's yeah. character yeah. put into it. There's not just like, we've talked about it. I don't know. Any any other, any snubs that you saw there that you would have liked to see get nominated that I didn't mention? Uh, not movie-wise, but I saw a headline the other day saying that Game of Thrones season eight was snubbed in terms of the TV nominations, I yeah. guess it only got one nomination. Uh, my take on that, however, is that you have to be deserving of recognition in order to get snubbed. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I don't know. You know, I was there was one person I was hoping to see on here that I didn't see. Uh, I was um, a little upset, and I haven't seen the movie, but just from the acting uh from from what people have said about his performance i was upset that shia labeouf didn't get a nomination i was hoping he would oh for honey boy yeah i was hoping he would sneak away with one is that coming out this year or next year um or is it just doing the film circuit it it already released it all it already released but i don't know if they're doing a wide run or if they're just doing a small run but um gotcha yeah peanut butter falcon and honey boy received no nominations which is a little bit of a bummer you'd thought maybe best original screenplay by uh which would you know shy wrote this and you know it got great reviews i'm a little bummed by that hopefully the oscars 
Um, and do the Emmys the Emmys do movies as well, or is that only Golden Globes? Emmys is TV. The Emmys is just TV. Okay, so hopefully the Oscars, you know, they it gets a little more love at the Oscars because I think they give you a little bit more um, announcement potential. So yeah, those are the Golden Globe nominations. You'll be sure to you'll know that for sure that we are going to talk about that. Um, as more of that comes along in around award season. And finally, Tanner sent this my way, which I thought was strange. It's probably more of a Force Vision topic, but, you know, we're not going to wait till a week to talk about this. I thought it was funny and weird. Tanner, I'm going to let you talk about this. Star Wars BK, Burger King Scandal. Please, take it's, it away. I, again, I had trouble focusing at work after reading this just because this is the most bizarre a bit of movie news I've heard in quite some time. So today, um, as Reddit users found, uh, Burger King Germany is doing an ad campaign uh, where basically, I guess, so there's an ad on YouTube where customers kind of brought in dressing like Star Wars, vague Star Wars looking characters come in and everything is in German, but posted all over the walls and everything are allegedly spoilers from the movie. The whole campaign is like the spoiler whopper. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that people who have translated have noted that none of the character names appear anywhere in the YouTube video. Like instead of Ray, I think they say the young swordswoman or something like uh-huh. that. But close enough, you can tell yeah. who they're talking about. Um, I think a few people in that even say Star Wars, but it gets bleeped out, mm-hmm. which was leading some people to think like, okay, like Disney hasn't sanctioned this. And anyways, I guess there's an app you can download. You get a free Whopper voucher, <laughs> but to activate the free Whopper voucher, the app will display or there's a voice recording of a spoiler um it shows it to you uh and now apparently on the app it does use character names and does make explicit reference to star wars um so all in all this is very (laughs) this is is truly bizarre so (laughs) i can't I cannot wrap my head around any aspect of this for it to make any amount of sense. Um, I guess the app does refer to a German film news website Mm. where people have gone onto that and that article on that website that Burger King Germany is pulling their spoilers from uses as a source um, making Star Wars, which is been around for a long time they try to report on rumors and leaks um from star wars productions um jason ward is kind of the big figure over there a bit of a infamous guy in the circle right now he's got a lot right um a lot of people have been sort of questioning his uh what is the word i'm trying to say here integrity is well I think the last Jedi's production was so tight. There were virtually no leaks on it whatsoever. And then the few things they did talk about, like he got something pretty wrong. Like a lot of, he was saying that Luke fights the Knights of Ren on Octo. Yeah. um, Which of course, if you've seen the movie, not at all what happens, but him along with 
Reddit user Jedi Paxis have apparently made big uh, contacts within the production of Episode Nine, and a sort of beat-by-beat plot breakdown has existed. And so that's where this German Burger King ad campaign is getting its information from. They're basically just referencing those leaks. Now, the debate is whether or not the leaks are true, are they bullshit, with all the TV spots that have come out, um, nothing in the spots has contradicted the leaks. Mm. So it's hard to say at this point. We're not going to get into details about what they contain because um, we're, we're not out to ruin anyone's experience here. But so just the real bewildering aspect of this is that seemingly Germany Burger King is doing this without the cooperation of Disney. Yeah. Presumably. Like this is the scenario that makes the most sense is that they're just engaging in some kind of guerrilla viral marketing why they're choosing to victimize Star Wars and Star Wars fans to do this. I don't know. I mean, it's just because the movie's coming out, so there's a lot of discussion yeah. about it, but it's it's very strange, and a lot of people are questioning whether or not um, they can get any sort of legal trouble here. I don't know. Um, I'm not an IP law expert, even in America, uh, I imagine in Europe, they're way less uh, litigious than Americans are. They probably mm. don't have these crazy copyright no. protection rules that we do. So who knows? Maybe Disney has no legal recourse here. It still seems incredibly boneheaded to try to provoke the largest media company yeah. in the Western world, <laughs> if not the whole world over, I don't know. <laughs> I guess they're just ballsy enough. They don't care. They don't. They've calculated the risk, this and they one, don't think this one franchise owner in Germany is willing to risk it all to get. They would rather troll Star Wars fans and to give people free whoppers, and at then the same time. yeah, and of course the theories get a little more conspiratorial from there. Maybe Disney is involved, and in that they fed these leaks, and that it's yeah. all fake. It's just a massive misinformation campaign, which doesn't make a lot of sense because most people don't pay attention to leaks anyways. Um, yeah. On I, these fan sites, this the stuff does not go reported on. Like IGN's not publishing articles on episode yeah. nine toy leaks. However, now that Burger King Germany is doing this, this might actually get mainstream media attention. Yeah, good. But it's not like Disney needs to do viral marketing for episode nine. Like, it markets itself. It markets itself. Um, this is just wild. Like, I don't, there is no, even the most normal, realistic explanation still seems like, the fuck is the point of this? Like, yeah. none, there is, there seems, it's seem, truly bewildering. I, I think it's definitely just one guy who is a franchise owner in Germany has this and he's just wanting to fuck with people. So he's doing this. That's my, my intake on it. Also, I am a part of the group that believes, I think Disney has leaked a ton of stuff that <clears throat> is false to throw off people. Um, so there might be some things that you'd think are leaked things that actually aren't. Um, 
I'm I'm actually very much of the belief of that, and the reason I am 100% in the belief of that now is that whole John Boyega story about him, quote-unquote, he left his script under his bed in his apartment that he moved out of, and the cleaning person found it, who then gave it to someone else, who then put it up on eBay, and was, I was like, that seems a little far-fetched for me. Um, you don't just simply forget your script under your bed when you're moving. If you're moving, you would probably remember the look under your bed for one of the most important things that is going on in your life right now. And it certainly wouldn't be like, oh, you know what? I just remembered a week later that I don't have my script and it's over. So I'm like, it sounds like they've been pumping a bunch of random bullshit out that could contradict this. Maybe. I, well, also, I mean, there's, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Something else with the Making Star Wars guys, they posted this big, like, this is what would have happened with Luke in episode nine. And this was his plans. Colin Trevorrow has it all right here. And Colin Trevorrow replied and goes, guys, usually, like, you know, I, I don't speak out on these things. And I think you guys do really great work over at Making Star Wars. But I just want to let you know, not a single one of this was ever a word that I wrote or included on in any of my scripts ever. And, um... And why would the guy who's been fired from Disney and, uh, you know, his script is obviously not being used, why would he come out and just say that about making Star Wars yeah. reporting? So I think there's a um, bunch of different leaks that are, that are, that's a bunch of, there's just a bunch of misinformation you know, happening, I think. All the same, gotta say, we are nine days out as of recording this yeah. from the release. Yeah. So guys, don't, guys and gals, yeah. don't Google. Star Wars Episode Nine leaks. Don't Google Star Wars Burger King. Yep. Just or Burger King. Just stay stay away from the internet. Stay yeah. Stay as far away from the internet as you possibly can. Don't go wandering around. Just uh, you know, mind your own business out there because this is you know could potentially be one of the most rampantly linked big time movies ever, or it could not be. We might find out a lot of this stuff is false. Luckily, and I honestly mean this, I have forgotten everything that i've read from one of the original leaks i have like i remember like three things from it and what's good about it is like all three of those things i would have surmised from the tv spots and trailers to begin right. with because like i would have been as you know i'm like oh what's that thing right there and we would have gone well, all into it to figure out so one yeah some people are wondering if the source for these leaks are just are people trailers. who work in trailer houses yeah. or in the marketing yeah because there is a lot everything, of stuff. Everything yeah. shown in the trailers and TV spots is mentioned in the leaks. Yeah. But there's also things mentioned in the leaks that we haven't seen yet yeah. in any of the trailers yeah. or TV. But they're not contradicting each other. It's hard to say. You know, hard just, to say. Just stay off the internet. Go in as blind as you can. I'm actually going to try and really attempt reaction uh, embargo, I believe is the 16th. Uh, or no. Yeah. And the 18th is review embargo. I'm trying to go in completely, totally, utterly blind, and I'm taking. I'm not going to go on social media. I don't want to see reactions. I don't want to see reviews. I don't want to see anything. For the first time in my life, I want to go into this movie and make my own opinion of it and not let anything else sway what I'm going to think of this movie when I go in there. I'm going in totally blind, and I'm going to see what I think of it, and I'm, I'm really going to give it a shot. So, um, yeah, no worries on our part. We're not going to be talking about any reactions, reviews, or anything like that come the next Force Vision. We're going to let you guys make your own decision if you want to go in blind. Go in blind. If you want to know more about reactions, reviews, we'll leave that to you, and we'll discuss Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker afterwards. Um, okay, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Taryn and I certainly appreciate it, as we are the 
Lone Wolves, the duo pack here, taking over the house for at least one episode. Tanner, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Oh, you're um, welcome. And uh, be sure to follow him at Danger Rush, as always. And of course, I'm your host, Max Leadham, at Max Fozzie. You guys know where to reach us at, uh, at Cinemaxic Pod on Twitter. No, at CinemaxiPod on Instagram, at Cinemaxic on Twitter, CinemaxicPod at gmail.com. Um, send in anything you want to talk about. We'll be sure to include you. And we will see you guys next week for a big Force Vision special. And may the Force be with you, but also watch on. Thank you guys again for listening. Goodbye. Bye.